As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. So, so says Joseph to his brothers at the end of this story that we're just now beginning. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Unwittingly creating the theme for our Wednesday evening Lenten services this year. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. How encouraging to hear in a world in which evil seems so rife that even from what is evil, God can bring good. The story of Joseph is an odyssey that puts flesh on that statement, which is why we're taking the time to read it almost in its entirety over the next five Sundays, from Genesis 37 to Genesis 50. I've long thought that if the name of the book of Genesis were up to me, I'd entitle it Colossal Family Dysfunction. <laughs> and Joseph's story is full of that. His father Jacob was a notorious swindler, having tricked his father, Joseph's grandfather Isaac, into giving him, that is Jacob, his older brother Esau's blessing. Then having also having lured Isaac into giving up his birthright in exchange for a mess of pottage, essentially a bowl of lentil stew. Jacob didn't stop there. He cheated his relative Laban out of the best livestock in his flock. Jacob had children with two wives, Leah and Rachel, and two maidservants, Bilhah and Zilpah with whom he had 12 sons and a daughter. And of these sons, Joseph was one. And Jacob played favorites with them, giving Joseph a beautiful robe. And the family dysfunction doesn't stop there. What his father lacked in honesty and equity, Joseph lacked intact. So he has this robe, and he decides that the best thing to do would be to show it off to his brothers, to appear in their presence in it. He tells the brothers his dreams in which their sheaves are bowing down to his. And he seems not to recognize how that may have sounded to them. How often have we been similarly tactless? How often do we still think back on times when we embarrassed ourselves, perhaps without knowing it, and just think, you know, we cringe saying, how could I have done that? In this way, the story of Joseph is very much like ours. And the story of Joseph forgiving his brothers and Joseph receiving forgiveness is also ours. 
It's encouraging to read about colossal family dysfunction because it reminds me that however dysfunctional our lives are, God can bring good out of them. He can use us as his instruments. And so at this time of Lent, when we're in a mode of repentance, when we're acutely conscious of our sins, we can remember that despite all those, God can bring good from us. God has forgiven us. He has given us a new life in Christ. And so, in the ways in which we have been estranged from God, in the ways in which we have rejected God, God extends his forgiveness to us and offers us his mercy, as we'll hear Joseph do as we continue the story. But on our readings today, his brothers hadn't forgiven Joseph. They hated him. They hated him and they sold him into slavery. They weren't all the same, which is important for us to remember. Reuben had a different plan, but when he found that Joseph had been sold rather than simply left in the pit, he despaired. He and his brothers then had to come up with some kind of story. What had happened to Joseph? So what did they do? They followed in his footsteps and lied to him. They lied about what had happened to Joseph. They put the blood of an animal on his coat and said, surely he's been torn to pieces. And so Joseph reaped the tears that he had, so Jacob reaped the, reaped the tears that he had sown earlier in his own life in so many other lives. This was a time of slavery. Non-optimal circumstances like today. And while we don't live a in a time of at least legalized slavery in our country, we still face non-optimal circumstances. Circumstances of injustice. Circumstances of natural disaster. Circumstances beyond our control in which we look to God and say, couldn't you have managed that some other way? Couldn't you have brought about some other result? In that way, we also see our lives in the story of Joseph. It's a story about leaving home and returning. Joseph gets sent to Egypt against his will. Eventually, his family will follow him to Egypt, and then they'll be restored back to Canaan. It's an extremely important episode in the life of Israel, the name of Jacob, Joseph's father. Joseph's going to go through low moments, as we heard about today. First he was sold. Of course he was lonely. Then he was put into a position of a slave, and in that position rose up. But he was certainly out of power and had very little control over his fate. Joseph was subject to temptation as Potter's wife tried to convince him to sleep with her. Joseph was subject to the lies of others, as when Potiphar's wife told Potiphar 
that he was the one imposing himself on her. Through all that, in these two chapters, we see a pattern for the rest of the story. In all that, Joseph was an instrument and a recipient of God's grace and mercy, of rejection and reconciliation. In his story, may we see God's possibilities for us as well, that we who were dead in sin, for our sake, Jesus Christ died and took our sins upon us, that we who had rejected God might be reconciled once again to him. Thanks be to God.